All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, September 6th of 2023 here, back after a double stream yesterday. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. I've been doing my best to get everybody who sent in questions, get them timestamps of their questions being answered here. So if you guys haven't gotten that, check your app, and you should have that in your inbox got plenty more questions to answer today so it should be a night another nice solid long stream here but for those of you who are new here welcome my name is andrew i'm one of the coaches over here at saber sim it's a show where we go over how to use the saber sim app answer any and all dfs related questions you get your questions in one of three ways first way you can send us an email support at sabersim.com second you can post it live in the youtube chat and three you can post it in the office hours channel in our discord server if you're not in our discord want to get access to that channel there is a link in the description of this video highly recommend it get access to our similar channel see when lineups are released see when sims run for that news see when players are scratched uh, get access to all of that information. Get Also get access to our individual sport channels. Ask sport-specific questions and hear what members of the community have to say. Hear what other members of the SaberSim team have to say aside from myself. So great place to be and hang out if you're trying to learn and grow as a DFS player. But looking ahead to today, we have a six-game early MLB slate already underway. Good luck in those contests. And we have a six-game MLB main slate later this evening. We obviously have our Thursday night kickoff tomorrow here uh, we're going to be doing a special show with jordan tomorrow focused on showdown strategy and then we are going to have another special show on friday talking nfl main slate strategy ahead of sunday week one here so be um be be ready for those you know be ready to get your questions in so it should be a fun couple days of content here a couple things i did want to call out before we get kicked off here our how to beat NFL DFS in 2023 playlist is now live. First video went live yesterday, so you can see it on the YouTube channel under playlist. How to beat NFL DFS in 2023. If you click into here, you're going to see the seven keys to double your NFL DFS ROI in 2023. This is a profit plan specific video. If you guys aren't familiar with the profit plan, I would give that a watch as well on the homepage. Uh, this new here, start here first. Start winning more with our DFS profit plan. So check that video out in in tandem with the video that Jordan released and then more content to come around NFL DFS. Uh today we're going to be releasing basically one video each day leading up to kickoff is my understanding here. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here and we are going to uh jump right in here. So I'm actually going to be starting with the questions that came in via uh, support here. So going to knock those out, then going to jump over to the office hours channel and then going to hit any questions coming in live. But first question, this is always a fun one. Question says, has anybody won a million dollars from your site? So yes, they have indeed. Uh, if you guys are interested in one, just seeing our winners or two, uh, participating in one of our promotions here. So if you go just to sabersim.com, and you go to our homepage. So first thing that you're going to see is one, you're going to see a bunch of winners here on the home screen. Uh, two of those are going to be our million dollar winners. Giant Squid won a million dollars in NFL DFS on a main slate. And then Max Steinberg won a million dollars in NFL showdown last season, a solo shipper there. So this is just like a snapshot here. Gives you a good, uh, a quick peek, but if you want to learn more, go to the winner circle up at the top here. The winner circle is our uh, promotion. It is a uh, free to participate 
All you have to do is just follow the rules, which this hyperlink will take you down to the bottom where the rules are. So the rules are finish top five in a contest for at least $1,000. Uh, the uh, prize must be at least 10 times your entry fee. Tournament must have at least 100 entries. And you must use one of our approved logos. And then when you win, take a screenshot, post it on Twitter, and tag us at SaberSim. And then you can win free prizes here and free months of SaberSim. This is, this is a list of everybody who's won um from 1k to 10k here you get a free month of saber sim you get a swag box usually comes with like a water bottle some koozies stickers and then you get a t-shirt as well these are our next category everybody uh in the 10k range here so scrolling up just so many winners okay so 10k plus uh one free month of saber sim the swag box t-shirt you also get a hoodie and a hat hat just like this i think they might look a little different this is a little bit of an older hat here and then we have our um max challenge here so this is uh specific to our max challenge you can actually learn about the max challenge from this page so if you click this link it will take you oh actually we should get this updated uh i will make a note here update max challenge link winners circle here but basically if you participate in our max challenge and you win any one of the DraftKings mini max contests you get a special spot on this winner circle page and you also get a customized championship belt uh, i will talk a little bit more about that later here and then move into all of our uh six figure winners everybody who's won over 100k here and uh you will you will also see me on this board uh very very proud of those couple of wins here so one there and then uh one here second place in a million maker still hurts to this day and then uh our million dollar winners max steinberg like i mentioned here and giant squid in the nfl season so uh this is a cool promotion if you need access to our avatars to download them you, there are different ones for FanDuel. DraftKings and Yaku, I think they have like different dimensions. So just use the right one and you should be all set there. But good question to get us kicked off. Second question. Question says, um, you know, their biggest DFS question is lineup construction with the most reasonable results. So good question here. Going to get SaberSim pulled back up and let's just get a build going. Uh, I just deleted any builds that we ran previously here. So we are just going to uh, run fresh builds here. I'm actually running 5,000. I forgot to change that to 500. So we will let that update here, uh, but just made my two adjustments, two projections, then kicked off those lineups. Shouldn't take too much longer here. Uh, builds are running pretty fast here. But what I'll, what I'll say is that, you know, I, I was I was looking at the questions coming into the stream and I would say, don't get don't get uh, keyed in on like, hey, you, you have to play this, one specific stack in all of your lineups it is the best stack like the great thing is that you know each time we are building a lineup we are randomly sampling our simulation database and based on however though that random sample of sims went we are going to build you a construction uh with with whatever stack was was the best for that set of sims so you know you're going to get a big mix of 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 stacks here, right? If I pull up this $5,000 build and I just go to pool exposure, I am getting access to all kinds of stacks. QB plus two, QB plus three, QB plus one, QB plus one with a run back, QB plus two with a run back, QB plus four, QB plus three with a run back, even getting some no QB stacks, uh, naked QB as it's called, a QB plus one with 
two run backs. Uh, you're getting these big game stacks, right? So, so there are just just understand that there are simulations that are backing up each individual stack type that shows up. So you should feel comfortable knowing that you know these are not just randomly generated stacks. Uh, there are they they were created for a reason because there was a certain amount of simulations where this stack was the best. So I kind of like to look at the pool exposure as like, uh, hey, you know, this is the rate that these stacks are coming up. So I might want to play something uh, kind of close to this rate, right? Or or if I am playing close to this rate, I am okay. I think that, you know, where it gets interesting is like, hey, I have this QB plus three with a run back in 1.4% of my pool lineups. If I was playing that at like, you know, 20, 30%, you know, that might be a little much. And and I like to use that as a little bit of a measuring stick here, a marker. But ultimately, you know, that is kind of how I am thinking about it, all things considered. All right. Good question there. Moving on to our next one here. Question says, under stack exposure, can you clarify the stack types? QB plus zero slash one. QB plus one means what? Great question. You know, uh, rolls right right with the topic that we're talking about. So what this means is that is QB. So you're using a quarterback with two of its position players. So I am using a, uh, for instance, I'm using Kirk Cousins with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. And that would be considered a QB plus two. Um, As an example here in this lineup that we're actually looking at, we have a QB plus three. So we have Geno Smith. And then we have Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Noah Fant in the lineup. So that would be QB plus three. When you see that line, that that marker, and then you see the one on the other side, what that means is that there is a, a position player from the opposite team in this lineup. So I have this QB plus two slash one. Uh, the slash one, we just refer to it as a run back. So you are, you are, you have this primary stack with a player on the other team. So the idea of this is that this is actually has some correlation benefit here because if Justin Herbert is having a really good game and he is, um, you know, scoring a lot of touchdowns, throwing the ball to Keenan Allen, throwing the ball to Austin Eckler, while Miami is going to have to uh, probably abandon their run game and start to pass to keep up in this high-paced environment. And who else is going to benefit more in a pass heavy game, then Tyree kill the Miami number one wide receiver on the other side. Right. So this QB plus two uh, slash one, which is the run back here is Herbert Eckler and Allen with Tyree kill on the other side. So that is what these things mean. And then that is just primary stacks. Secondary stacks are any, um, any stack without a quarterback here. So you could have a, uh, what, what you would call, like a mini stack here. So you see you have Tyler Boyd and Irv Smith Jr., two position players from the Bengals here, but you do not have Justin Herbert. So this would be a secondary two stack here. And then you could have a secondary, you know, one, one stacks here, which if I look here, I have Amari Cooper on Cleveland facing Cincinnati. And then I have Irv Smith Jr. on Cincinnati facing Cleveland. So that would be a mini game stack a secondary stack here with no QB. So just wanted to clarify both of those for you here. All right, next question. Question says, what is the most important thing to do to get an edge in big GPPs? Uh, Great question here. Honestly, um, what I would, you know, suggest the most here is to let the Sims handle the projections, let the Sims handle the ownership, build 
on the appropriate settings, right? So go to your settings. You know, if you're playing the five dollar 150 max, like set it up appropriately. You know, 150 max settings, 50k plus entries. You're gonna see the sim diversity slider just tick up and tick up and tick up. And every time the sim diversity slider increases, we are going to be taking smaller and smaller buckets of sims from each game to build your lineups. And by doing this, we are basically um, trying to build higher and higher upside lineups. So the more sims you use, the closer. So 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 what so what happens with sim diversity? So at sim diversity ten, we are taking a single instance from each game on the slate. We are taking one game sim from Tampa Bay, Minnesota, one game sim from the next game, from the next game. We are creating a single slate simulation, and then we would play that out, and then we would build what we would consider a optimal construction from that lineup. At Sim Diversity Zero, what we are doing is we are using the average projections in the My Projection column to build your lineups. Everything in between, we are we are taking subsets of the sims. So we have, you know, say 5,000 game sims of each game on the slate, well, at Sim Diversity 1, we might be taking a very large subset of game sims. At Sim Diversity 9, we're going to be taking very small uh, subsets of sims. So, for instance, we might take five sims of each game at Sim Diversity 9. We might take hundreds of game sims at Sim Diversity 1. And the law of large numbers tells us that the. So, I like to use a coin flip example. If I flip a coin 10 times, you know, the, the raw odds are 50% heads or tails, but if I'm only doing it 10 times, I might get eight and two, I might get seven and three. But if I do that experiment a hundred times, a thousand times, a hundred thousand times, it is going to move closer and closer to that 50%. So by, by taking very small Sims, you know, all kinds of crazy things could happen. And that is how you find high upside players. That is how you find high upside outcomes. There are Sims backing those, but because we're taking these small subsets, um, you might get a player who has a uh, not a great average projection, not grading out on a point per dollar basis, but there are sims where they do well and then they find their way into your lineups. So that is why it is important to uh, set up your builds appropriately, utilize our sim diversity here. Our sim diversity is great. And just remember that we have back tested these slider settings and put them at what we believe to be the appropriate levels for the contest that you're playing. So let let this do its work here. And then once you get into the post build with your lineups here, I love the idea of diversifying this lineup set, right? You don't want to have all of your lineups be very, very similar because if they if they uh, all all do bad, you know, uh, you're going to have a very, very poor day overall, right? Uh, football is a contact sport. You know, injuries happen all the time. There's nothing to say that, you know, uh, DK Metcalf can't get hurt and then all of your lineups are sunk for the day, right? So uh, we definitely always talk about managing risk here. Risk management is huge. Our mini Neeks option is great. Uh, you know, setting max exposures if these make you uncomfortable here. One thing I always say is like, hey, once your lineups are finished and you are ready to submit them to your contest, if the lineups make you feel uneasy, if you're not sure, I would always go back and make whatever adjustment you need to make to make you more comfortable. If you are at a point where the the lineups, you know, just you want to get to a point basically where you're like, okay, you know, I am comfortable with this lineup set regardless of what happens. And obviously you want the chips to fall your way, but that doesn't happen all the time, right? So you want to get the lineup set. You'd be like, hey, you know, I know that I manage my risk to each individual asset and to each team. And so I'm, I'm very comfortable with where this lineup set is at. 
for some people, they're okay having 100% of a team or player. Like, that is their risk tolerance. Some people are like, no way, I can never do that. I need to be a lot more spread out. So you need to figure out what kind of player you are, what kind of risk tolerance you have, and then adjust accordingly. But I think risk management is going to be the best thing that each SaberSim subscriber can do for their own individual process. Let us handle the projections. Let us handle the ownership. We are working hard on those things each and every day. And then one thing here, I mentioned this on yesterday's shows, uh, the SaberSim ownership. You will now see the drop down with all of the, the ownership buckets here. So this was not live yesterday, but it is live today. So you will see flagship, you will see high stakes, low stakes, medium stakes. If you're looking for information on what these things are, uh, what categorizes each of them, go to the contest sims uh, settings drop down here. And then this field lineups will tell you here. So it says our field lineup entry fees are generally generally broken down like this. Low stakes is $3 and under. Flagship is $4 to $30 entry fees. Medium stakes is $30 to $100 entry fee contest. And high stakes is $100 or more entry fee contest here. So that'll give you a good breakdown of what exposure uh, means means what here. And, and that is how I would do that. But solid question. Hope. I gave you a good answer there. Going to keep it rolling. Next question. The new interface. For example, I was trying to late swap baseball last night, and the late swap build didn't retain all the exposures. Also, I couldn't just filter, for example, to Baltimore. It seems like Classic is a way is way better than the new interface, and clone a build doesn't actually clone. It, also, it should also clone the lineups. Okay, so... Uh, just a couple of things on this, right? So one, if you're having issues with the new interface, what I would do is go to the hamburger menu in the top right. You can you could um, revert your SaberSim back to the SaberSim Classic version. This is a good option for people who are having issues close to lock or things like that. Uh, just know that this is not going to be around forever. And the other really important thing is that we aren't updating the old version anymore. So any updates, like all these ownership buckets, you're not going to have those on the old SaberSim uh, because that runs on a different ownership engine. So uh, just know that you know all the new updates, all the new improvements, bug fixes are all on the new SaberSim. The old version is just to help people who are uh, still getting acclimated with the new workflow here and then trying to late swap. So happy to like walk through that for you guys here. Um, I don't have an entry fee for let's go to MLB here. So I don't have an entry fee for this early slate here, but we could see if we can make it work here. So we've had one game. We've had one game lock already. So like, let's say that, man, this isn't going to work good. Uh, I will go to the main slate for tonight and let me just get a CSV loaded in here. And that way I can demo this for you guys. So I'm just going to go enter something really quickly to the night, uh, to the main slate for MLB here. All right. So got a CSV in. So first thing I'm going to do, bring in my CSV, right? Go to contests. Go to download template file from DraftKings. If you are signed into DraftKings, it will automatically download it for you. You just uh, go to your download folder and drag it in here. So I have this one contest. So now I'm going to go to a build. Do I have any with lineups? I don't. Okay, I'm going to make two adjustments, two projections. I'm going to put it in sim mode. I'm just going to build 500 lineups. 
going to kick this off, right? And then basically once this is done, I will fill the contest. I will download the contest and then I will show you guys how to late swap here. But just going to let these lineups run. Going to grab mm -hmm. some water. Hey, you guys like my uh, DraftKings Live Final NBA Cup? I went as a guest of Giant Squid uh, this most recent time. Got the super cool cup. So like a lot. All right, so lineups are built. Going to change the number of lineups to one here because I just need the one. Going to go to the floppy disk icon. Going to use save here. Going to save to contest. This green, uh, this download icon in the top next to the slate uh, identifier is going to turn green and let me know that my CSV is ready to download. So then I'm going to download that. I'm going to upload that to DraftKings. So like, let's say that, you know, now I need to late swap my lineups going to go to contests and in contests, I'm going to use the late swap option on the right hand side here. So it's going to show the, the contest that I'm in, and then it's going to show the lineups and then it's going to show all the exposures. The great thing about this is that uh, if you have multiple contests, you can uncheck some and then your exposures will update accordingly. So like I just unchecked the one contest that I'm playing. So now I don't have any exposures. And then now SaberSim is telling me, hey, I don't see any lineups. It's because I unchecked this. So I need to recheck it and then I would get that lineup back. So then once I do that, I can just click this late swap option here. What it is going to do is it is going to open up a new workspace here uh, with if, if any games were locked, if any players are locked, they will be grayed out here and then they will be... Um, unable to be changed, right? Your lineups will be set. So now this is like my new workspace here. And then it says number of lineups one. I can tell it how many lineups I want it to uh, rebuild. So because I only have one lineup, I'm just going to tell it to rebuild 10 times here. Uh, one thing with this is that you need to, hmm, interesting. I think you can, okay. So, so you're going to need to make two adjustments to projections. So basically when it creates the new workspace, it's going to create it as a blank slate here. I don't know if this is live yet or if this is coming, but basically there's, there is or is going to be an option to uh, right-click a current build if you made adjustments to projections and ownership and minimax exposures and then basically be able to turn any workspace into a late swap, a, a new late swap workspace. But... If that's not live yet, uh, this is how you do it at the moment. You just uh, go to contest, go to late swap, and then I would just rebuild my ten my lineups here. So it's gonna so in late swap, once those players lock, it is going to lock in those individual players, and then it is going to create what I would call child lineups for each parent lineup. So if you have a set of five lineups, it is going to create so many iterations of each original lineup for the for the original lineup here. So if I have five lineups and I set my pool size to 50, what it is going to do is create 10 versions of each lineup, giving you 50 lineups total uh, for the five original. And then from there, you can go in, you can adjust exposures, you can adjust team stacks, um, you can adjust min uniques, et cetera here. So one, we are building you a pool of lineups in late swap instead of just building each lineup one time and then we are allowing you to adjust exposures mini uniques etc here and then from this screen you're not going to have to go to that uh download feature up at the top anymore you're just going to have this big download new entries green button here and then you will use that to get the csv to upload to DraftKings. so take advantage of that just trying to do some time savings for you guys here all right 
Next question. Question says, how to build better lineups? Uh, great question here. So this is also going to be something that I am, and I really think that the videos that Jordan is putting out here are going to help you do that. Uh, we have great videos for our how to beat MLB DFS in 2023 playlist, where you just start to get some ideas here. So how to beat MLB DFS in 2023 is our uh, latest and greatest playlist here. And then we have the how to beat NFL DFS in 2023 watch some of these old videos you can even go back to the how to beat nfl dfs in 2022 just to get familiar with the sport and some of the ideas uh, i think some of the core concepts are going to be similar even though the app has changed so even though we have new features and you know new tools uh getting a ground level education here and and learning about some of the like core dfs concepts are going to be a great place to start and there's nothing wrong with the watching old content here all right. Next question. Question says, how can I use this for prize picks? When you run all the simulations, can you put averages of touchdowns, receptions, yards, thrown, etc.? Okay. So let's go back to NFL. And let's go back to the upcoming main slate. So if you guys are on the pro plan or the ultimate plan here, you will have access to our stat level projections over here on the side. So all those things that you're talking about, pass attempts, completions, uh, receiving yards, receptions, receiving touchdowns, rush attempts, rush yards, rushing touchdowns, all of this is available uh, on those two plans. If you're on the standard plan, then you will not see it. But I would just exercise caution here. So, you know, just, just be careful with some of those um, – trying to, you know, use some of these things for price picks. There is like math involved where uh, I believe you need like a minus 137 bet to, which would be like the money line odds uh, to, to be like profitable long-term on each individual leg or the average of each individual leg here. So just be careful here, you know, using these, they, they were not made for that. This is to just kind of give you guys a peek behind the curtain as to what the information that is, that is, uh, powering the projections looks like from the Sims here. So it's not like built for that. So I would just be a little careful using it in general. All right. Next question here from support. Question says, well, I was really wanting the contest sims to work for me, but every single day for every single contest I use the contest sims for, I either lost all of my entries, or at least 90% of it. I want to dip my toes into the contest sims again, but I'm afraid I'll lose my shirt again. What method could I use to help limit my losses? Great question here. So one thing I will say, it, and something I kind of talked about yesterday with somebody asking, hey, I have like this MLB process, but I'm kind of getting into football for the first time. You know, what do you suggest? And my suggestion is that when, when you come across something new, when you come across something that alters your um, – what's the word I'm looking for your process or, or new additions, you know, be careful playing the same amount of bankroll that you were previously playing, right? If you are going to go from MLB where you have an established process to NFL, which is a completely new sport for you, I would scale down. Right. And then if you want to try out contest Sims for the first time, um, I would be careful even then, right? Maybe you build a subset of your portfolio for the day. So maybe you have, you know, 10 contests, Maybe you use the process that you've been using for five of them, and then you use the new contest sim process 
for the other five to get acclimated, right? So one thing I can think of is like playing the MLB Dime Times. Maybe you play the Dime Times with the contest sims, try and figure it out, try and get a feel for it. And then you use the process that you've been using the entire MLB season for the other five contests, uh, which maybe are your higher dollar contests, right? So I think there's a way to work these things in and get acclimated with them. Uh, before just full-blown going all in on them and and basically forgetting everything else that you've been doing. So watch some of the content. There's some good videos on the YouTube channel about the contest sims here. Uh, you could find that. Let me just pull that up real quick. Just by going to the search bar and going to uh, searching for contest sim. And then these two videos are going to be a great place to start. So this one hour, 17 minute breakdown with Andy, Matt, and Jordan here. And then this uh, basically introduction video to contest sims from Andy here. And then we've been talking about it a ton on the stream here. So happy to talk about it more. Um, you could go into any one of these past videos, guys, and you can see what uh, questions were asked in the description. And then you could use these hyperlinks to go and watch the pieces that you want. So maybe you want to see this contest sims sorting methods uh, segment. So you click on that, but then you uh, don't care about adjusted ownership versus Saber Sim ownership. Then just skip to the next one, right? And then just navigate through these. I have contest sims sorting methods part two, right? So just dive through these. Maybe you don't care about college football. Then you skip that section. So we try to make it as easy as we can for you to watch the Con watch the segments on the concepts that you care about learning about. So take advantage of those timestamps. All right. Going to get Saberson pulled back up here. And going to hit the next question. Question says, how do you determine between a wide receiver two and a wide receiver three in a GPP? Honestly, I would let SaberSim do it, right? Uh, SaberSim is using all of the simulation data. And sometimes, you know, you're going to get these stat constructions that, that look different, right? Maybe you're going to get Kirk Cousins with TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne, and you're not going to get Josh Jefferson. It's like, wow, you know, there are Sims where that was a good construction, right? And, and I think that those Sims are unique. I think that helps you to get different from the field is using the simulation information and allowing the builder to put in the lineups that it is generating. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, if if Kirk Cousins must have Justin Jefferson, right? And that is not a good way to uh, differentiate yourself from the field. It's something I talk about in baseball a lot is that a lot of people using traditional optimizers like to use the batters one through six, right? But with SaberSim, you're going to get these awkward uh, stat constructions, but there are simulations backing up that information. You're going to get this, you know, one, two, five, seven, eight, and where you're skipping and, and, and jumping around and, and missing certain players, but there's nothing to say that six, uh, seven, eight, nine can't have a good game. Right. And there are plenty of times where that does happen. So I like to allow the Sims to make those decisions for me. All right. Next question here. Question says, I'm looking for a simple process for three max, 20 max and single entry games. Uh, so really good question here. What I would do, check out, check out this single entry video that I have on the YouTube channel here, uh, under the homepage, you go to playlists, 
You go to Coach's Corner here, and then how to build single-entry lineups with Sabersim. I talked about how to do this for MLB here, but it wasn't very MLB-specific. The, the concepts that I talked about can really be translated to a lot of other sports here. So I think that this process would work just fine for NFL here. And then, um, you know, we talked a lot about single-entry strategy yesterday. So if you go to this, um, where is it? The, uh, the Office Hours NFL Special Edition episode here. And then in the description of this video, single entry and single entry showdown strategy. This was a really good segment here talking about single entry for NFL here. This was very NFL focused. So I would also watch that segment as well. All right. Getting Saberson pulled back up. Next question from support. Question says, yes, explain your best optimization for winning and accuracy. Explain correlation tactics. So the great news is that you do not need to build group rules and stack rules to account for correlation. We are doing that automatically for you with our correlation slider. And then based on the contest that you're playing, based on the settings that you are saying, you're saying, hey, I'm playing a GBP. It is a 150 max contest. It has more than 50,000 entrants. We are going to say, okay, you know, your correlation needs to be high for this slate. And we are going to put that at a value of six. Change this to, hey, I'm playing a small field single entry contest, uh, you know, 100 to 1K entries. We're going to say, hey, you know, your correlation uh, can be a little lower here, a little bit more moderate. But the big th change was that your sim diversity went from nine all the way down to five here, right? So these are big changes going from like a small field single entry to a large field 150 max contest. So another thing with correlation is that if you pull up any of these players here, like if I want to go and look, at Tyreek Hill, uh, you're going to be able to see the players that he is most correlated to here. And, you know, no surprise, it is Tua Tagovailoa, Tagovailoa, I think that's how you say it. But then, you know, second thing here is that you're going to see that he also has some correlation, even though small, to the opposing quarterback and to the opposing wide receivers. So this is what we're talking about when you get in this shoot, uh, shootout format where, hey, Justin Herbert is having a good game. Quentin Johnson is having a good game. And so Miami needs to keep up. So there are plenty of Sims in our Sim database where Tyreek Hill has good games when the other players, the pass catchers, the quarterback on the other side of the ball have good games as well. So all of this gets captured in at, by our by our correlation slider. And then most importantly, um, you know, we are not just using the average correlations, which is what you see when you pull up this graphic. We are using the upside correlation of these players. So basically, if you go and look at Tyreek Hill and you scroll over to the right, you're going to see his player percentiles, which is just summary information of how he did in the sim. So what we're saying is that, hey, 50% of the time, Tyreek Hill scores 20.1 points. 5% uh, of the time is 95th percentile. He scores 39.7 or more points. And then 1% of the time in the sims, he is scoring 49.6 or more points here. So we don't really care how... Tyreek Hill correlates to the other players in the game when he has a very poor performance, when he has his 25th percentile outcome of 13.5 points, chances are he's probably not even going to make it into your lineup at that value. We want to key in on these higher upside outcomes and say, Hey, when Tyreek Hill has, you know, an 85th percentile outcome, a 95th percentile outcome, a 99th percentile outcome, how is he correlating to the other players in the game at though on, at, 
during those specific outcomes. And that is what we are using when we are building your lineup. So we are accounting for correlation for you. So you don't have to, that really takes a lot of the busy work out of, of building lineups and allows you to build lineups in a time efficient manner here. So that is what we are all about. All right. Next question here. Question says, what are some proven winning strategies in building a single entry and 20 entry DFS NFL lineup? So I'm um, also going to refer you to the, um, you know, we, we had that question just a minute ago. I'm looking for a simple process for three max, 20 max and single entry games. I'm going to refer you to the same videos here and I will make sure to get timestamp recordings of those videos back over to you. All right. Next question here. Question says, I would like to learn how to use projections to find, for instance, players capable of achieving 3x their salary at their 75th percentile outcome. I know median outcomes encapsulate the better players, but I really want a better way to encapsulate upside. Apologies if this is an elementary inquiry. Thanks. So, nope, not an elementary inquiry at all. So, in, in the old Saber Sim, uh, what you would have to do, what we would allow people to do is basically convert the player percentiles into custom projections and then build basically assuming that players are having their upside outcome. The problem is not every player is going to have their upside outcome all at once. So we didn't really love that idea. So what we came up with were what we call lineup percentiles here, where if you go to the sorting methods, you're going to see this percentile drop down. You're going to see the same percentiles that we just talked about. But instead of these being for each individual player, this is for the lineup as a whole. So if you if you click on like 95th percentile, for instance, you're going to see the summary statistic at the bottom of the lineup. If you hover over it, you're going to see all these different fantasy point outcomes uh, for the lineup as a whole. So what we're saying is that, hey, uh, basically what we're doing is we are creating the lineup. And then once the lineup is created, we are going back into the Sims. And then we are looking at how this combination of players did across all of the sims when we were building your lineups and then what we are going to generate is fantasy point outcomes uh basically a distribution for the lineup as a whole so what we're saying is 50 percent of the time this lineup scores 130.1 points five percent of the time it scores 185.88.88 points and then one percent of the time it scores 205.54 points in our sims and this is a much more accurate representation of how a lineup actually plays out not everybody is going to have their 99th percentile all at once, but a couple of players might, you know, you might have two, three players who have a 1% outcome. And then you might have, you know, two, three more players who have a 95th percentile outcome. You might have two or three more players who have an 85th percentile outcome. So looking at the lineup as a whole allows you to get this better mix and match of player fantasy point outcomes across the Sims. And then, you know, if this is the 95th percentile of this lineup, this lineup uh, has a 5% chance of scoring 185.88 points. Not each individual player has a 5% chance, and then you are multiplying all those 5% chances together to get this really small chance of whatever number that ends up being. So uh, the lineup percentiles are much more achievable. I would be much more comfortable using a lineup 99th percentile than using each individual player's 99th percentile to build lineups. All right, good question there. Next question. Question says, what is the consensus stack? So this is something that I would uh, caution against, right? Uh, the con a consensus is something that a, 
a group or coalition of people all agree on, right? You do not want to be in agreement with the rest of the field. It's going to be very hard for you to be different enough to win your contest, right? So I like to approach these builds with an open mind. I'll be being willing to play, you know, any and all stacks here. I do think that the pool exposures can guide you as to which stacks are coming up the most often here. But, you know, you might look at this and say, uh, whoa, you know, I thought QB plus two with a run back was the consensus stack and it's only showing up in 6.6% of our pool. Meanwhile, some of these other stacks are showing up a lot more. I thought, you know, QB plus two with a run back was the consensus. So don't get caught in some of those heuristics, you know, let the builder do what it does best and what might be a good stack this week uh, might not be the best stack next week. And that's the great thing about, you know, this ever evolving game of DFS. We're playing the same type of game each week, but all the pieces and matchups and players and salaries are, are very dynamic and changing week to week here. All right. Next question here from support question says, are the projections going to be close to as accurate as MLB? Well, it sounds like you like our MLB projections. So I'm going to take that as a compliment here. And I'm going to say that, you know, we put as much work into our NFL model as any one of our other models, including MLB here. So we think that our projections are going to be very solid for NFL. We have a lot of, uh, you know, quality control and sanity checks that go into these things. So hoping for a solid NFL season here, and I'm looking forward to seeing all of our users winning across the season. All right. Next question here. Says trying to navigate the new site is my biggest question. So the biggest change here is what we're calling this all in one build here. So before you used to have like a home screen and then you used to run a build and then you used to go back to the home screen and then you used to run another build. Uh, we're trying to get rid of that, right? We're trying to streamline that process. So basically everything is still here. You know, we didn't really take away anything. We just kind of moved a lot of things around. So your build settings are in this settings drop down. Your lineup rules are in this settings drop down here. And then once you create your lineups, you're just going to toggle over to those lineups and then your lineups are going to show here, right? And then you're still going to be able to see your players, your team stacks, your game stacks, your stack exposures. The only thing that really is you're going to see a little less of the table here and you're going to have to do a little more scrolling with the scroll bar. Uh, so just be aware of that here, but you still have access to everything that you had previously. But now when you adjust your minimax exposures in the home screen, uh, once these lineups are run, you're still going to adjust your minimax exposures in this table. And then that is just going to update your lineups for you. So once you run a lineup, you're going to get a couple of uh, new columns. This exposure column is going to uh, populate this pool column is going to populate with information about your exposure. So everything is still here. Don't get freaked out. Uh, nothing has gone away. If you need a walkthrough of it, go to the top right hamburger menu, go to help. And then this will open up our support library. And then we're going to have this getting started video, which is basically Jordan walking through the new site and the new changes from start to finish for a build. So check this out. That should be a good starting point for you. All right, a uh, couple more questions from support here, and then we will jump over to the Office Hour channel. So question says, how much does correlation really matter in NFL lineups? I think that's a great question. And based on our back-tested sliders, you know, it's going to matter differently for different size contests, right? If you're playing the big flagship GPP, 
our correlation is at six out of 10, which we are classifying as high. So correlation is very important in these, in these large field structures, because you want to capitalize on a particular team doing good, a particular set group of players playing well together. If you're playing a single entry, small field, you're probably not going to need the highest score to win here. So our correlation value goes down to four out of 10, which we are classifying as moderate. So let these, uh, slider settings guide you as to how important you think correlation is on any given slate here, right? And then playing a 13 game main slate is a lot different than playing, you know, one of DraftKings smaller turbo slates, right? They have the early classic only. They, um, they usually have an afternoon only as well, which I'm not seeing at the moment. So I will check on that afternoon. DK slate. And then, and then, um, you know, a, a three-game slate is going to play a lot different than a thirteen-game main slate. Is basically my point there. All right. Next question. As after watching Jordan's seven key seven keys video, isn't there going to be some dupe lineups if everyone is following that? How do I get a little different? So um, this is a really good time to to you know uh, kind of blow your guys' mind with like the the exponential. Uh, how, how how unlikely it is that you build the same exact lineup as somebody else. So we have thousands of game sims for each game on the slate. So let's say we have 5,000 sims. Uh, that's times 13. So now there are 65,000 total sims on for, for the games on this slate. So what we do when we build your lineups is we go and we take a subset of sims. So let's say we take sim 1, sim 100, sim 294, sim 396, sim... 1,000, you know, 211. And then we do that for one game. And then we do that, you know, for the next game and we get different random Sims and then we get different random Sims for the next game. And then all of a sudden, you know, we have all of these different Sims and then that creates a single slate simulation. And then we play out those Sims. We create one lineup based on, based on those Sims. And then for your second lineup, we go in and we grab new Sims. We grab different number of Sims here. Right. And so just the, the, the raw, like uh, the raw comp, 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 combinatorics of the of the sims that we can use is just exponentially high, like probably into the hundreds of millions, maybe even billions here. And so the exponents get uh, really, really high. Uh, so the odds that you build the same exact lineup as somebody else using Saber Sim are actually really low. So your Sim Diversity Slider is going to be your best safety guard against doing that. I would say the only time that you could probably build the same lineup as somebody else is if you're using the average projections and somebody else is using the average projections to build their lineup. So keeping that Sim Diversity Slider active, letting the builder put it where it thinks is necessary is probably uh is, is ultimately what help, helps you to be different from other SaberSim users here. All right. Great questions there. Just going to take a quick peek to make sure that we don't have any additional questions rolling in from support before we jump over to the Office Hours channel. So it looks like there is one here. And going to answer this one. Question says... I see that once the first game of the slate has started, ownership contests no longer update for lineups that came in late or late scratches. I think this is something that can have a big impact on late swap builds when running a contest sim. Do you plan on adding this in the future? I know I can see the field myself, but not interested in doing that at the moment. Thanks. Okay, so um, we for NBA specifically, 
we did have ownership updating after lock for for uh, player scratches for a new lineup just because NBA is a beast of its own with scratches and and lineups getting released late. So for NBA, we were doing that. We have not been doing that for MLB season. So basically, once the slate starts, ownership gets locked in here. I would say that that is definitely something that we want to do. Something that we wanted to do before that were the ownership buckets here. So having all these different ownership buckets here, uh, 13 different options of ownership of of field lineups for you to choose from. So definitely something that is firmly on the roadmap that we do want to support in the future. All right. Uh, next question here, which I don't mind answering this question. As why is there no support for owners, owners box DFS? Uh, so if you guys weren't aware, we discontinued serve, uh, support for owner's box contests on the Saberson app as of last Friday here. And uh, you know, what, what I was told, what we've been telling our customers is that basically a lot of the data that we were getting from owner's box was just very messy and it was very uh, time intensive for our engineers to keep the trains running and keep everything flowing nice and smoothly. So unfortunately we had to discontinue uh, service for owner's box at the moment here. All right, uh, that does it for all of our support questions here. So let's jump over to the Office Hours channel. And it looks like our first question for today came in here from JCM Jr. Question says, what is the major difference between SaberSim 3.0 and SaberSim Classic? So really the, the biggest difference is going to be this all-in-one build here. And it's going to be the additional uh, contest flashback. If you guys are on the pro plan, you guys will have access to this. So go to the contest tab, close my contest, open up all contests. And then you are going to see all of the DraftKings contests here. You can even use this screen to enter them. So if you click on any contest name, it will... Uh, this is a hyperlink basically, and it will open the contest and take you where you need to go to reserve your entry fees for it. And then for any pass slate, you're going to be able to see how lineups did. I'll go to MLB for this one here. So if I want to go back to yesterday's MLB slate and I want to, you know, see who won the Millie Maker and see how everybody's lineups did. If I go to yesterday, I go to contests. I go to all contests. Actually, I don't think this updated. Oh, I'm sorry. I put the wrong date. So I'm still on September 6th. So go to September 5th. Go to the main slate. Go to contests. Go to all contests. And then boom, I could, I could use this view eye icon to click into any one of these. And then I could go and look at the Millie Maker. I can see, you know, who Max entered the Millie Maker, right? Uh, whistles. Hishbu, FJ Bourne, uh, all these, you know, heavy hitters here, maxing it out. I can see how they did, right? Uh, you know, a lot of huge losses here. And, and that is the nature of these super top heavy fields where it's, you know, 50% to first, right? I think that, you know, these, these guys play these contests knowing that they're going to be pretty crazy like this, right? So um, you get contest flashback is super cool. You can see what everybody played for these DK contests. You have access to contest sims right so if i go back to today's slate or even go back to the main slate for nfl coming up 
contest sims are in our new saber sim ultimate tier here and what this allows you to do is basically take your lineups and then put them in a contest that we run behind the scenes here with a set of field lineups that are that are used to generate our ownership projections and then see how all of your lineups grade out based on how much money did they make how often did they win the contest how often did they cash in the contest and all of these other metrics that we're providing so those are probably some of the biggest changes uh between the old saber sim and the new saber sim all right question two question says why can't I see ownership in SaberSim 3.0 on the home screen? So I know that sometimes, you know, these, um, the columns can be hidden here. Just use a scroll bar, scroll bar on the bottom and just hover side to side here. So it's possible that, you know, the ownership is just hidden for you for whatever reason. Maybe your lineups are like a little farther out. Um, you know, you can also move the settings back and forth to shrink it, to create some space on the home table. So a couple options for you there, but either uh, moving that side to side or moving the table side to side will help you out. So just so you guys know, the names column is frozen and then everything else moves. All right. Uh, good question here. Good opportunity to talk about this. It says, could somebody still enter the max challenge for NFL if they're on the basic plan? Yes, you can definitely do that. And then the second question here is, also, what is the name of the contest we need to enter for the NFL Max Challenge? So if you're looking for information about the Max Challenge, it is in the description of this video. I made sure it was for today. You might just have to hit the show more option here. So like if you go to our, our YouTube page here, uh, let me go back to YouTube, get out of this. So we have our streams scheduled for the week here. And if I go to like say tomorrow's stream, if I go into the description, all I do is have to hit the more button here and then it will pop up. So it says join the max challenge and then it gives you a hyperlink. If you click on this hyperlink, it will take you to our promotion page here. And then if I go to the SaberSim weekly NFL max challenge, uh, you're going to get this page. You're going to get, this is where you enter. So it says enter the challenge. Basically you need to max enter any one of the mini max contests on DraftKings. So it says, um, Play the max challenge to win ticket swag and the only participation award that doesn't suck here. So we're giving away tons of prizes this NFL season. We give away a ton of prizes last NFL season, but it, all you have to do, go to DraftKings, max enter the mini max, and then, uh, you know, make sure you sign up on this page so we can know that you are participating and then we will handle it from there. So eligibility requirements are down here on the bottom. Make sure to read this, uh, fill out the form and follow these instructions to get your prizes. So we want to give away as much stuff as we possibly can. Had a, had a great, uh, had a great mini max last year. Uh, you know, I've been using my SaberSim Yeti cooler. I hope you guys have been as well, but I think that those were an awesome prize last year. All right. Next question here from Kevlar. See a lot of questions coming in in the YouTube chat. I promise that we are going to get to all the questions before the end of the show here. So working through uh, each, um, you know, question digest here one at a time, uh, for lack of a better word. All right, NFL for NFL Showdown, is it possible to make an automatic rule that pairs a captain quarterback with at least two wide receivers slash tight ends, or do you have to manually select the players and make it a group rule? Um, so I do think that you need to do this 
as a group role. So if I go to the showdown slate for Thursday, go to the Detroit KC game, let this load up. So what I would have to do is go to settings, go to lineup rules, go to add new rule, group. See, I don't think you can do this as a automatic rule because their position is technically captain or flex. Their position is not their actual position that they play in the game. So you have to do this as a manual rule. So just go to if at least one, and then I'm going to say Patrick Mahomes, captain, then use at least one player in the flex. And then I would just, uh, I'd probably just filter for Kansas City here. And then I would click on all these players, Rasheed Rice, McKinnon, Kelsey, Pacheco, Moore, leave the Chiefs seat out, Blake Bell, Justin Ross, Noah Gray, and then that would be my rule here. So then I would just save that, and then you would be all set. Oops. Actually, I think I broke it. So then use at least, uh, we said two. We said two. So then use at least two players is what you requested. So that is how you would write that rule. All right. Next question here. Question says, I'm running showdown lineups with Sims, and when I sort by ROI, it just says zero on all the lineups. Any idea what I'm doing wrong? Okay, good question here. So let's just find out, right? Let's build some together, and let's see what's going on. So first thing that I'm going to do is just come in here, make sure I made my two adjustments. To Actually, I'm just going to reset everything. You know, I don't know what we did on any other day here. So I'm just going to go to my flex, make two adjustments, two projections. It's kind of big hit apply, and then going to go to my build settings here. Uh, zero, 10 builds are going to be standard for basically all showdown here. And then I'm going to build 500 lineups. Just want to check. So there is only one ownership for showdown. So the 13 buckets of ownership are only for the, the classic slates here. Just wanted to verify that. So we have our one set of field lineups here. And then we will kick off this build. And then once this is done, we will just run a generic contest sim here. Not going to uh, do anything. Or actually, yeah, I can I can, I can showcase, it, showcase this actually. So then if I want to set up my contest sims, maybe I am playing, you know, some of the upcoming contests. Just go to contests here. Go to the all contest tab. And then just right click on any one of these contests here. It's not working. Okay, maybe it doesn't work for showdown, which is interesting here. But basically, you could just use this information here. So I'm just going to uh, write this down. So I'm going to do it for this uh, $10 main GPP here. So then I'm going to go back to my settings. Going to go to contest sim settings. Going to go to add contest sim. Uh, going to call it $10. Going to use the Saberton ownership. Contest size was 296.784. Percent of first was 39.6. Percent of entries paid was 21.1. And I'm going to run 100,000 contest sims. And I'm going to save that. And then I'm going to uh, kick it off and let that run. So then once that runs, those values will populate under the sorting methods and as summary statistics as well. So boom, 10. Uh, sort by ROI here. So these are all coming in here. Uh, these ROIs look really, really high here. But... The values are populating, so don't know why the ROIs 
are so high, it's possible that um, the team is still working on it. So I could ask about uh, showdown contest sims. But either way, uh, set it up the way I did, and it should work correctly here. And then I will figure out about some of these values. Good. All right. Going to keep it rolling here. Next question. Question says, when doing my first build, if I have a single entry, 20 max, 150 max, what is the best entry limit and entrance number to start your build? If I understood one of Jordan's first videos, he said it didn't matter because then he can filter for the size you need for each contest. Did I understand that correct? I have been watching all the great content, but, uh, but so much to intake, hoping you can either answer or direct me to a video that answers this specific question. Thanks. So I haven't watched Jordan's most recent video here. Uh, just been slammed, honestly, but I would really check this, check this video out. Uh, the, the, how to be NFL DFS in 2023 playlist opened, uh, started with a profit plan video here. And the profit plan is really like where you want to start. So the seven keys to double your NFL DFS ROI in 2023, the DFS profit plan here. So this is Jordan probably walking through the lobby, talking about the contest that he's going to play, how he's going to divide it up. Uh, if you're looking for context on where that came from on the homepage, this DFS profit plan video new here, start here first 17 minute video walking through our DFS profit plan, which is our contest selection framework. Uh, the, the way I understand it is that you should build one build with your single entry and three max contest, a second build with your 20 max and 150 max contest. This did come out before contest sim. So the, the, uh, the, the way to use it might be a little bit different here, but ultimately I still think that you can separate your builds into those two builds here and then run contest sims for your single entries and three max on one build and then run contest sims for your 20 max, 150 max on the second build here. And then that will allow you to run some more contest sims. So if you don't want to do two builds, uh, you, you can save time by not doing that. But I think that that is still a viable strategy to break it up into the two separate workspaces here. All right. Next question says, will classic be available into perpetuity? So no, it will not. So the SaberSim classic available in the top right hamburger menu will go away eventually here. Uh, it is just around now to help people get, uh, get their lineups in as they get acclimated to the new workflow. But just to reiterate, you know, any like upcoming bugs or issues with this are not being addressed. Everything is being addressed on the new site. So, uh, it will not be around forever here. All right. Question from Neil. Is there a reason that the don't use players against opposing D is no longer automatically checked? Uh, yeah. So basically when we were, you know, making this update, um, we made a conscious decision to put as much control in the user's hands as possible. So that is why min salary is down at zero. That is why, the um the group rule for um don't play players against opposing d which the reason i'm not seeing it is because it is on the main slate and not the showdown here so if i go to main slate i go to settings i go to lineup rules settings lineup rules uh don't use players against opposing d is unchecked automatically here so i would just go in and then check that rule and then you should be all set there but really that, that is why we did that. All right. 
Mika asked, does anyone know how to specify team combo min slash max exposure? I don't see the arrows anymore under team stacks. Maybe I should revert to classic. So this is something that has not made its way over to the new app yet. Um, you know, we had to like prioritize some stuff. So this is something that we do want to bring back under the team stacks tab. So I will just make sure to let the team know that people are asking for this and then we can put some priority on it. But a lot of things that we are just trying to get in the app. One of the big things is the global max exposure, which is at the top of our list at the moment. All right. Question from Neil. Question says, the default Sabre score metric on the NFL main slate uses a mix of my projection and 95th percentile. Is there anything I need to consider if I want to use 99th percentile in a custom metric instead of 95th? I think I've heard in the past pro video that there is some noise in the 99th percentile projection. So I think that, you know, what you are describing is actually exactly what I tell people. Like, hey, if you want to, you know, get started using custom metrics, go look at the Sabre score metric and use it as a baseline here. I think that, you know, balancing it with some projection is going to cancel out some of the noise and then uh, also, you know, making sure ownership is being taken into account. So what I would suggest doing is, you know, honestly coming in here and just swapping it out and then seeing if the lineups pass the eye test for you, right? But then from there, you can even adjust the weights. Maybe you want to drop the weight on 99th percentile, increase the weight on, on some projection a little bit, like instead of 0 0.3, 0 0.7, maybe go 0 0.4, 0 0.6 to try and find a happy medium there. But I think that you're on the right path of using this as your starting point and then trying to adapt it from there. All right, uh, catching up on some back and forth here. Uh, next question here. Looks like a risk management question. Talking about the Bucks, I want to have some, but my build seems to love them. Maybe some talk about trusting the results when you don't want to go too high in exposure on a play. So actually, I'm actually very much in agreement with you here that, hey, when you are seeing something where you are just uh, seeing a lot of a particular team, that is a great time to exercise risk management. SaberSim is a tool that is trying to build the highest upside lineups for you here. So when it identifies those plays, it really just tries to get a lot of exposure to them. That is where you come in and then you say, hey, you know, I get that you really like this play, but let's let's be a little careful. You know, let's be bankroll conscious. Let's be uh, let, let's have some, you know, risk aversion here. And that is what you do as the user, right? So if you had, you know, unlimited bankroll, then yes, I would just play the top lineups. And then eventually that, that is going to be the highest ROI outcome here. But a lot of us do not have these unlimited bankrolls. We are working within bounds here. So we need to make sure that we are diversifying our portfolio and, um, you know, that starts with contest selection, but then that ends with risk management in our builds here uh, with, with the entire uh, intention of it being to smooth out our variance while still allowing us to grow our bankroll, right? So I think that the first step is applying a mean uniques here, right? Um, great thing here is that it, we make it really easy to do this as a post-build filter. You can see how far down in your pool you're going when you make when you make these adjustments, right? So setting my mean uniques to five, which is just over the halfway mark for this nine-player lineup, takes me to lineup number 500, which means I'm still in the top 10% of my pool. If I ran a contest sim, I could see, you know, what the ROI was of this lineup or what the risk adjusted ROI of this last lineup is, and then adjust it 
further or less based on that, right? But you're going to see the exposures adjust here. Uh, even if there's, you know, if even if you do that and then you're still getting too much exposure to one individual piece, maybe you don't like this Marvin Mims play, right? You can just go in and make those fine tune adjustments to max exposures. But what you're doing is you are allowing the builder to make these organic exposure adjustments and then come in and then really just put the icing on the cake with these final fine tune adjustments. So I think risk management is still super important and I do not blame you for wanting to uh, lower your exposure to individual players slash teams. All right. Next question here. looks like a two-parter. Question says, when I added winner take all contest sim with 100% to first, my cash rate and win rate are still different. Why is that? Do contest sims not work for winner take all? Uh, they should work for winner take all here. And let me just, uh, you know, we can test this out, right? So going to go to my contest sim settings, going to go to add contest sim, going to switch the field lineups to winner take all here. So just remember that, you know, the field lineups are just handled like the ownership. And then you have to come in here. So what, what I want to say is uh, 100% to first entries paid is going to be, you know, 0.1 essentially. Right. I wonder if there's any winner take all contests in here. So if I go to all contests, you can search these. So if you just right click on the contest name, you can see if there's any. So if I say winner, winner take all right here. So I have this $9 contest, 1K to first, winner take all. And then I can just use this here. So then I'm going to go just, I, what I'm doing at the moment is I'm just taking a screenshot of this with, uh, you know, the snip function. And then I'm going back to my build one here and then inputting that information. So then I'm going to go back to my settings, go back to contest sims. And then I'm going to change my field lineups to winner take all. So per, so size of the contest was 130. The first was 100. Entries paid was 0 0.8. And then I'm going to run this 100,000 times. Save that. And the contest sim populated. I'm going to hit run. And then I'm going to let this run in the background. The great thing is that, you know, the contest sims run in the background. You can still go, you know, uh, go and look at projections, go and scroll through your lineups, go and just do any other work that you need to do while this runs. So, uh, you know, nice that this runs in the background here. But just going to wait for this to finish. Grab some water. Should be a nice, another long stream today. We are still working through the questions in the office hours channel, and then we will still have to jump over to the live YouTube chat. So, okay. So this just finished here and I see what you are talking about. Um, frankly, I don't know why win rate and cash rate would be different. Let me ask somebody. So one thing I do want to see is that, you know, it said it pays the top 0.8% percent of 130 so i just want to make sure that that's the right number so 130 times 0 0.8 or it would be uh 130 times 0 0.008 is the only only the top place so why win slash cash rate different or winner take all. So good question. I will find out the answer to that. And then since you posted it in the Discord, I can respond to you there. 
Shanbox. All right. Next question here. Uh, this was the second part of this two-parter. Said when reviewing contests and sorting by risk-adjusted ROI from your contest sim the night before, many of the top lineups tend to have negative sim ROI. Why is that? Uh, so the answer here is would be two things. So one is that when you go back and you uh, look at any past slate here, so let's go to, we'll go back to MLB from yesterday. And then just going to let this load up. Going to go to contests. Going to go to all contests. So when we get the slate information, when we get all of the users and all of the lineups and we run the contest sims for this stuff here, uh, we are using our raw projection. These are all of our initial inputs here. So if you are running any, um, if you're using custom metrics, if you are adjusting projections, that gets accounted for in your contest sim when you run it for your lineups, but it does not get accounted for when we run the post contest sim in the all contest tab. So that is option number one here. Option number two is that the field lineups came in differently than what our projected field lineups were, and that affected the ROI of the lineups when we looked at the actual lineups from the contest. So it is one of those two things uh, would be causing the very big differences in ROI from your contest sim to the post contest sim. All right. Next question here from the piano teacher. Question says, for showdown slates, the default sliders have sim diversity all the way up and correlation on zero. Obviously, correlation still helps upside, but I understand why it would be low from an ownership standpoint. Less chances for dupes. What else am I missing? Why else would you want correlation all the way down for showdown? I feel like I will bet understand the sliders better if I understand this. So this is a great question here. And the reason for this is because in NFL showdown specifically, you are most likely going to need an optimal construction to win. So like you are going to need the highest possible scoring lineup to win more often than not here. And so with this, what we, what we like to do, what we have decided is best is to just take a single instance of a game playing out, run the SIM and then build the optimal lineup under the salary cap from that game sim. So what you do with this, you capture natural correlation from the game. If, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey catches a touchdown, hey, Patrick Mahomes threw it to him, right? So you get that natural in-game correlation. And then also you get that play-by-play -play game sims uh, with the game scripts, right? We're not using average projections and then trying to adapt it into a lineup. We are just taking the sim output and building your lineup from there. So what correlation does is it, it is it, um, inflates some of these natural correlations to make them come out in the builds more. We don't need to do that for showdown. We actually uh, kind of don't want to alter the raw game sims for showdown. And then um, just one other point here is that it doesn't have a big effect on ownership and it doesn't have a big effect on dupes. If you want to account for duplication, I would suggest doing some type of uh, geo mean calculation, which I walked through that in yesterday's office hours. And then we also have a tutorial in the support docs here. So if I go to SaberSim support here, just pull this up for you guys. Actually, let me pull up my entire screen. 
I have this tutorial in here, which I think is still in here. You go to frequently asked questions. You go to the search bar. You go to geometric mean. And then it says, how do ownership product and ownership geometric mean work? You click on this video. It is a four-minute tutorial of me walking through the differences between some ownership, product ownership, geometric mean, talking about how to apply it in the app on the standard plan, talking about how to apply it in the app on the pro and ultimate plan here. And this will be a solid tutorial to walk through. And then we also did a demo yesterday. If you want to see it on the new SaberSim here, I believe we did a demo in the second stream of the day here. So if I just go here, go to the description. And if I can find it here, uh, if GeoMean is on a scale of one to 100 and based on ownership, do we want it large or small? So I actually walked through uh, doing the GeoMean formula and applying it in the app at this timestamp of one hour, 52 minutes and 42 seconds. So check out that demo as well. That would be another good starting point for you there. But good question. Happy to answer it. All right. Next question here. Question says, can you give a breakdown of RAROI? I've been filtering by this and have not found success. So basically what it stands for is risk adjusted return on investment. So there is regular ROI, which is return on investment. And then there is risk adjusted ROI, which is this um, new metric. If you are not seeing it, like I am not seeing it at the moment, do a hard refresh of your browser uh, control shift R if you are on windows command shift R if you are on Mac. And then what I would do is I would rerun the contest sim. So now I am seeing it, but now what I would do is I would just rerun the contest sim uh, just in case to make sure everything is updating appropriately here. So like nine times out of 10, I have seen the hard refresh fix that ROI not being present and getting it to populate and then just rerunning the contest sim, we'll get it to show. So now I'm seeing risk adjusted ROI as a summary statistic here. Uh, basically, you know, regular ROI in and of itself is, is very risky here. And if I go to, let's go to today's MLB slate. And the reason for that is because you're going to see these lineups with very low ownership. And the reason you're going to see them is because when they win, they have a very clear path to first place here. And that is why you are seeing them so often. Um, the, the good news is that, you know, they, they did well in the Sims. The bad news is that, um, you know, they did well across a hundred thousand Sims. And at the end of the day, this slate is only going to play out one single time here. So it's important to exercise some amount of risk management. And we wanted to, uh, give the users something to do that for them. So they don't have to do that on their own, right? They don't have to come up with some custom metric, uh, trying to balance all these things out. So risk adjusted ROI is our way of managing risk for you right out of the gate here. And I don't know why I'm not seeing any ownership for baseball here. Oh, cause I'm looking at tomorrow's slate. Duh. So my bad there. So going to go back to today, going to go to today's main slate. I'm getting my days all mixed up here. So I have my lineups that I ran earlier here. I'm just going to uh, kick off a contest sim because I really just want to kind of show you how these things are different here. So let me just run this contest sim for these baseball lineups for the main slate later today. We will let these finish. And then I, I mostly want to pull up like, hey, let's go and let's look at the ownerships for ROI of the players. And then let's go and let's look at the ownerships for the players 
for risk-adjusted ROI. So ROI, our top ROI lineup, we don't have a single player above 5% owned here. And then if I go and look at the risk-adjusted ROI, okay, so I'm actually seeing the same lineup. Unfortunately, that did not work the way I wanted it to. So let's look at the top 20. And let's go make sure we look at our exposures as well. So sorting by risk-adjusted ROI, our top exposed player is a pitcher at 55%, and we don't have any individual batter over 45% here. And then if I go to regular ROI, well, that seems strange. These should not be exactly the same. Let's try another hard refresh here. Let's see if we can get this to update appropriately. Can you go to team stacks? Maybe this will help me out. All right. So doesn't look like these lineups are changing, which is like kind of really strange because every time I've done this previously here, uh, they have been different, right? And one thing that I've noticed is that the lineups that are the highest risk adjusted ROI usually have a little bit higher, uh, some ownership or just overall average ownership of these players. And like that is why we created it is to give you some lineups that aren't so ultra leveraged is really the answer here. So not sure what's going on here, having a little issues getting it to run, but we'll figure it out after the stream. All right. Next question here. Question says, Andrew, I have a quick question regarding single game NFL builds. By chance, can you elaborate more on what actually the sim optimals mean? For example, is it better to have a lineup with one sim optimal or is it better to have one with a, the number six or seven? Okay, great question here. So going back to NFL, it's probably because I'm just like really putting the app through some work right now, just like moving all over the place constantly here. But what sim optimals is, it is a summary statistic that you only get when you run a build on Sim Diversity 10. And at Sim Diversity 10, we are taking a single instance of each of, of the game, of the slate here. And then we are running that simulation, building the optimal lineup, putting it into your pool. The problem is that when we are doing that, the same group of players can be optimal for more than one game simulation here. So if I go, um, if I go and look, I have like the Sim Optimals here. Sim optimals of one. I'm, not, I'm actually going to change this to Saber score just for the moment. So when I sort by Saber score, that's like kind of strange. Okay, so here I have a Sim optimals of two. So this construction, Mahomes captain, Pacheco, Gibbs, Moore, Goff, and Gray. When we were building your lineups, when we were running those Sim Diversity 10 Sims, this group of six players showed up more than once. We cannot put the same lineup into your pool more than once. You can only play that lineup one time. So what we do is we just count how many times this lineup came came up, and then we use that as a as a variable, as a summary statistic here for the Saber Score formula. So when you go to Saber Score, if I go to single game, I think this is what I messed up on. So so I'm seeing a sim optimals of four. So this lineup came four different times. And when I click on the Saber Score formula, we are using sim optimals as an input, as one of the variables when grading your lineup. So that is what sim optimals is. That is why it is important. And um, the one thing I will say is that, you know, sim optimals doesn't take into account 
how likely the lineup is to be duplicated. So don't confuse sim optimals with like um, with performance in in contest sims. So a lineup with a lot of high, with a high sim optimals doesn't mean that it will always be a high contest sim ROI lineup here. So just be careful with that. All right, next question here. For football showdown slates, would it it would be great if we could set exposure limits by position and not just individual players. Any chance something like this could become available in the future. So right now, you know, like you said, you cannot do that. Um, honestly, I don't know if it's going to come just because of the way that these players are handled. Like Patrick Mahomes flex is different than Patrick Mahomes captain and they have two different player ids and the way that the sites have decided to handle them is a little bit different here so not sure that we're going to be able to uh, make that work here anytime soon i just think that we have a lot of other projects and things that we are trying to bring to the app in the immediate future all right uh we have two more questions in the office hours channel and then we will be jumping over to the youtube chat so just giving you guys an update all right, question says, does risk-adjusted ROI measure a lineup's EV better than ROI? Uh, RA ROI keeps track of how much a lineup wins and loses, and I think that I think this is what we're looking for as DFS players rather than raw ROI. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Um, so, so really, expected value is like an estimate of how much you expect the lineup to return over time here. So like a lineups EV is trying to measure, is trying to give you an estimate of the potential ROI of the lineup here. I think that, you know, if you're trying to compare risk adjusted ROI to ROI, I think risk adjusted ROI is better because it has some of those uh, safety nets kind of in place uh, as far as like portfolio balance here. So I personally like risk adjusted ROI better than raw ROI unless you are, you know, going in and making a lot of manual tweaks to capture diversification and risk management here. But I think that, you know, risk adjusted ROI gets you a little bit of a head start and then you could apply some of those other um, risk management tools after the fact. All right. Next question here. Question says, I have another question when picking the best lineups. If I'm playing a 20 max and after entering my mini unique, should I play the top 20 lineups it gives me or should I expand the lineups up to 50? That way when entering my lineups by the sorting, unique random, it has a bigger pool of lineups to choose from. Uh, so I don't love like subsetting. Uh, I don't love being that random. I guess I would rather just, you know, apply the mini uniques, uh, build the number of lineups that I need and then, you know, look at my exposures, make sure my exposures for players, for stacks, for whatever, you know, type of contest I'm playing, look the way I want and then just play those 20 lineups. I don't love, you know, taking 50 lineups, looking at the exposures and then randomly filling 20 because your exposures can end up looking a lot different than what you thought they looked like from the entire portfolio. So I'm a believer in building the number of lineups that you need rather than building a bigger pool and then just randomly subsetting from that pool. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat here. Question from Craig. Said, I wanted to enter the max challenge, but I assume this is more for newbies. I can no longer play 
the Minimax. So if you if you don't have access to the Minimax contest in the contest lobby, then unfortunately you are not going to be able to uh, participate in the Max Challenge. It is a contest that is under $3. The reason that we build this promotion around this contest is because we suggest that uh, most users who do have access to contests under $3 play those contests for as long as they possibly can before moving up in stakes here. So unfortunately, it looks like you have, uh, you have, uh, you know, one enough money that you are no longer eligible for those contests. All right. Uh, Shadow said, are we able to get owner's buck, owner's box support back? The deposit bonus is very lucrative. So unfortunately, no, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but we are not supporting owner's box contest going forward at the moment. All right. Patrick says, is there a way to disable Saber Sims projections and just use my own projections and other sources as an aggregate average? Yes, there is. So if you, I'm, I'll just demo this for the um, upcoming main slate here. So all you do is you use this upload button here and then you can either copy and paste the projections in or upload a CSV, make sure the column headers match. When you click save, you're going to get a pop-up asking you if you want to save that projection set. When you put in a name, say aggregate or something, it will create a new column for you. And then in the projection, uh, my projection column, use the little wheel icon. Once you have saved the set, you will have options to change the projection source that you are using and use your aggregate source instead of SaberSim's projections. All right, Ryan said, what is your favorite stack type for a small field single entry GPP, QB plus pass catcher and run back good enough or even bigger? So honestly, you know, my favorite thing to do here is to just, you know, go set up my build settings, run a build and then come into the stack exposure and then see what exposures are coming up most often. You can look at the pool. You can look at subsets of lineups, which I always talk about, right? Looking at, you know, I have 5,000 here. Let's look at the top 500, right? And let's see what lineups what stacks are coming up in the top 500, right? And if I want to uh, turn my mini nicks down to one, I can see that I'm getting a lot of QB plus twos, right? I'm not getting a ton of QB plus ones, even though they they have a decent pool exposure. I'm actually at about half of that, right? So then I can look at the top, you know, 1%. Look at, or is this, uh, yeah, it's top 1% of my pool of 5,000 here. And then the QB plus twos go up, right? QB plus ones go down, kind of following that trend. You even have some smaller ones sneaking in here, right? We have a uh, fair amount of QB plus two with a run back, uh, you know, about matching the pool exposure in our top 1% of lineups here. So definitely give you some ideas about how you want to do that by looking at your pool in different bite-sized chunks. All right. Scrolling down here. Let's, uh, question from Patrick. Is there a video slash tutorial for common used rules for correlation? The rules option can be overwhelming. Just need a shortcut for QB plus one, plus one, and so on. So, um, we think that the correlation slider in and of itself is going to build you plenty of rules with plenty of correlation, which is why you're seeing your biggest stacks here or my biggest stacks here in this test build that I ran of QB plus two and QB plus three. That is the correlation slider working. If you want to, uh, be more, hands-on with your stacking rules, go to lineup rules, go to add new rule, go to stack basic. What you can say is say, Hey, I want a QB, uh, plus one. So I would say stack at least two players. So a QB and one pass catcher with at least one player 
on the other team that is a position player, that is a skill player. I can even remove running back if I want. So this is a basic way to do this. If you want to be even more specific, switch over to the advanced option, and then this will give you every position, uh, different combinations of positions, and allow you to set it up however you want with opposing team options as well. All right. Let's see here. Scrolling down, scrolling down. And looking just for our next question here. Uh, Patrick said, when late swapping, why does the build revert back to default settings? GPP 20 max, does it matter at all? What build settings it is on when late swapping? NBA is right around the corner and every second matters. When late swapping, last thing I want to do is constantly switch it to the correct build for late swap. So what we are working on is an ability to right-click a build workspace with all of your settings and basically just convert this to a late swap. So, so that is coming soon. It will definitely be out before NBA season. All right, Patrick says, is there total entry fees for contests for DraftKings? I can't find it on the new Saber. So go to contests and scroll over to my contests. And let me go back to that MLB one. Let's see if we can find it here. It's going to go back to MLB for today. I'm going to go back to contests. I have this here. Um, so I don't see a summary here at the moment. So I will find out where that went and if it is coming back. So uh, total entry fees contest screen. And I will uh, figure out where we are at with that. But good question. All right. Benny Hanna said, why doesn't the minimax exposure transfer as you go through the positions tab? Also, what happened to the arrows to set exposures to for teams and all combos? Sorry if I missed that. Uh, so no worries here. So I um, I did answer your question because I did see that one earlier about the team stacks tabs here. So that is just something that hasn't made its way back into the new mm -hmm. app yet. Uh, something that we do want to bring back here. Just going to require a little bit more testing on our end with some of the updates here. So be on the lookout for that. And then the second part is that because these tabs, um, I it really comes down to the fact that players have multi-position eligibility is why they don't transfer. So if I go into the 1B tab and I set a max exposure of 50% to Shohei Otani, that is only going to limit his exposure in the 1B column. If Saberson wanted to, it could it could still put him in your lineups as an outfielder and you could end up with more than 50% of Shohei Otani. If you do it in the all column, then this will combat all available positions for the player. So putting 50% max exposure to Otani in the all column will make sure that combined, he does not end up in more than 50% of your lineups. But if you do it in only one of these columns and a player has multi-position eligibility, the builder can basically circumvent whatever you're trying to do and give you more exposure than you wanted. So this is especially important for NFL with flex columns, right? So um, having that flex column where any position player can be put into it allows the builder to circumvent any individual max exposure in any individual column. So doing that in the all tab, I would suggest doing it in the all tab and then going and filtering by position. So if you're doing NFL builds uh, for the upcoming slate here for Sunday, going to NFL, going to the main slate. If you're trying to set max exposures, I would go into players. I would go into all. 
And then I would just sort by position. So I would go to wide receivers. And then if there are wide receivers that you want to look at, I would just do it here and just let all your max exposures live in this all column will serve you much better. All right. Question from Kent. Is there a way to set a lowest ranked lineup into your set of 150? If I build a pool of 1500, but are only putting in 150, can I make sure no lineups are ranked lower than 700 in my 150? Okay. So interesting question. And it's going to depend here. So I don't think you can do that, but what I would suggest doing is just scroll to the bottom, use a scroll on the right-hand side here. Hold on. So I just messed up my own screen. Just got to fix this real quick. Okay, so use a scroll bar on the right, and then you can scroll down and see what the last lineup in your set is. And I can see that my last lineup of one, one, through, one, one through 50 is 50 because I've made no adjustments here. But if I go and set like a, a min unique of seven here, now all of a sudden, six, now all of a sudden my last lineup is ranked 2,128. So then I'm like, oh, okay, that's too low for me. Let me let me go to five, you know, and then I'm now I'm at 639. So just scrolling down to the last lineup in your set of 50 is going to be your best option here to combat that. All right. Uh, scrolling through here. Last question or two questions here at the moment. Oh, no. Actually, last question here from a Westcat set. How much salary is too much to leave in showdowns? Honestly, uh, I love to leave min salary at zero and let SaberSim really just figure out what are the best constructions to play. And then from there, you can even sort by salary and then see what the lowest min salary that comes in at. And then you can see if those lineups pass the eye test for you. So I'm going to go to the Detroit KC showdown for tomorrow. And then when I built these lineups, my min salary was at zero. So then let me go to this other build. This one should have lineups. So my min salary was at zero. So what I could do is I can go to the sorting methods. I can go to salary and then it's going to show you highest to lowest. So if you just switch this arrow icon, you're going to see the lowest salary lineup. And then this is a 34 seven is our lowest. And you can see if these lineups uh, pass the eye test for you, right? And then see if you're okay leaving these in here. If you, you know, you're scrolling through these, you're like, okay, you know, I don't really like any of these lineups below 42,000. Go to the filters and then go to add filter. And then it's going to say show lineups with salary greater than 42,000. And then you're going to basically remove all of those lineups that had salary below 42,000. And that is how you quickly filter for those here. But that does it. We are all caught up with questions from support from Office Hours channel and Discord from the YouTube chat here. Uh, before we get out of here, just want to remind you guys, if you guys want to participate in this season's Max Challenge, you have to go sign up before Sunday here. The link to this page is in the description of this video. Go down to the bottom and see the eligibility requirements. Make sure you follow all of these here. And then you can see what prizes you get to you can win on a weekly basis, on a uh, season-long basis, and, uh, you know, be, get in on the action. Our users loved this last year, got some awesome prizes, so looking forward to another cool season with great prizes. Looking forward to somebody taking down the Minimax and winning another championship belt. So 
Uh, sign up page is in the description of this video. Once again, until tomorrow with the stream with Jordan and I, I will see you all. Take care. Good luck in your contest. Bye.